Welcome to the Hydration Podcast Series, where we talk all things hydration. In each episode of this four-part series, I will be joined by an expert in the field of hydration to discuss their research and what it means for our own hydration habits. I'm very excited to pick the brains of a range of speakers as they address the topic from different perspectives, from physiology to health and habits. So if you have ever wondered if you should be drinking more, worried about the amount of sugar you drink, or interested in tips and tricks to get more water into your life, this podcast is for you. Have you ever wondered what impact your drinking habits might have on your health? Previously on the Hydration Podcast, we were joined by Clementine Moran, who's been studying hydration habits across the globe. But how do these habits affect us? In today's episode, we're talking to Professor Evan Johnson, who's particularly interested in what poor hydration might mean for our bodies as we age. Evan's route to hydration research has been an unconventional one. He uncovered his interest while researching the physical activity of football players and soldiers and hasn't looked back since. Completing his PhD at the University of Connecticut in 2014 and continuing his training as a postdoctoral associate at the University of Arkansas, Evan's research focuses on water intake and type 2 diabetes. Today, his current research investigates the impact of low water intake on blood glucose regulation. Welcome, Evan. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. There's a lot of talk around good hydration and staying well hydrated. But if I'm being honest, I still don't know what that truly means. So how do we measure good hydration? Wow, all right. We're going right off the bat here. I like it. The easiest way is to look at your pee. Look at your urine when you use the bathroom. That is the best way to measure proper hydration. Uh, There are a number of ways to scientifically in the lab measure hydration. Maybe we want to actually calculate and estimate the volume of water in your body and relate that to your lean body mass or how much muscle mass you have. But on a daily basis, the easiest way to tell if you're drinking enough water and if you're well hydrated is to look at your urine color. Okay, so let's say your pee is looking dark. What does this actually mean for your health? Do we understand the impact of poor hydration on our bodies? Not at all. I wish I could say, yeah, we, we got this thing nailed. Um, but we are just starting to scratch the surface. One of the great things and the, the, the marvels of the human body is we are fantastic at surviving under a myriad of different stressors. One of those stressors can be challenges in water intake. If you think on the on the high end of that, our body is really great for the most part at getting rid of extra water that's been consumed. You know, there's reports of people with potomania or some other uh, neurological diseases that have them drinking 20 liters of water a day. And your body can get rid of that and maintain your internal homeostasis for the most part, uh, um, you know, with, with little trouble. Unless you're drinking it too quickly, then we have to worry about things like hyponatremia, which is a whole other podcast in and of itself. maybe one for another day but yes it's easy to forget just how adaptable our bodies are and what about on the low end of water consumption on the low end of that we have you know low water intake people who report drinking less than a liter of water a day the body's pretty good at saying hey you know what i'm not getting that much water on a regular basis i'm going to make sure to conserve every bit of water in my body mainly through the kidney and reducing the amount of urine output, recycling the water that goes through in your blood filtrate, um, and making sure that internal homeostasis can be maintained. 
and how might low intake affect us? But the thing is, the downstream effects of low water intake are just starting to get scratched as far as the research is concerned. On some sides, we find, hey, there's no, there's no real negative effect to this. But on other areas, we're starting to find, hey, you know what? There are benefits to higher volumes of water, or at least meeting the recommendations. To try and better understand what poor hydration habits mean for our bodies, you've focused your recent work on older adults who face specific hydration challenges caused by age and mobility. What's your research shown so far? Well, we're just in the early stages of starting our work in older adults and their relationship to water intake. You know, one thing we know in general is that older adults are drinking less. And one potential cause of this is the disease state nocturia, which is waking in the evening hours, generally after a person has gone to bed, to use the restroom to go pee. And, you know, for most people who don't suffer from this, we think of it as just a minor inconvenience. Oh, you have to get up to go use the restroom, no big deal. But when it turns out, when we look at healthcare costs, it can actually be pretty challenging and robust as far as that's concerned. Yeah, I mean, to me, getting up in the night doesn't sound like a particularly big deal from a health perspective. What kind of costs are you referring to? Directly, we see increased risk of fall with people who are waking in the evening time. If your lights are off, you're sleeping in a house with family members, you know, partners, those sorts of things, you're not going to turn on the lights. Risk of falls goes up and the costs of that are, you know, very large across healthcare concerns. But the indirect costs are actually, you know, orders of magnitude higher. We think about $60 billion alone in the United States associated with uh, not Korea indirect loss of productivity, loss of uh, quality of life. These are things that are classically associated with not Korea. So my current research is looking at how not Korea is related to body water regulation. And classically, the treatments that are out there are based on reducing prostate inflammation in men, reducing water intake and treating incontinence in women. And I think that there are other mechanisms that are uh, related to that, that we don't have to necessarily reduce water intake because we know that there can be some negative health consequences associated with that. You've emphasized that there's a real problem with older people waking up in the night to use the restroom. Though perhaps it's a bit counterintuitive, it feels like one of the solutions would be to consume less fluid. So is it a good idea for older adults to drink less? You know, we think about the determinants of water intake and we have these kind of rigid standards for what we're recommending people to drink. But if you look into any of the documents out there about water intake, one of the first caveats they'll put into is, this depends on a number of things. What's the environment you are you're in? Is it a very warm environment where water losses due to sweating are going to be increased? Are you a highly active person who's going to be losing more water due to sweat? Um, there are a number of different conditions also that could reduce the amount of water that a person would be recommended to take take in. So the the caveat that I will put in there is we would not recommend for an older adult to drink less. Especially even if they are experiencing less thirst, the goal should still be to meet the recommendation for their uh, gender. Noted. You're saying that drinking to recommendations is a good idea, but could that be taken a step further? Is it fair to say that drinking more water in our later years could help protect us from certain diseases? You know, that is what we are aiming to as a scientific community address. We really want to make that information more clear. Currently, what we're seeing is associations. 
people who tend to drink lower amounts also tend to uh, be diagnosed with certain disease states more frequently. That's what we're starting to see in the, in the literature and the epidemiological studies. And we're just not there as far as the general literature base and the scientific basis right now. But what we can say is that it appears that there's the associations that people who drink more water tend to have lower incidence of certain disease states. Evan, with all that new information you shared with us, I feel like I'm not sure where to start. And I'm sure many of our listeners will be feeling the same way. So if you could give us one piece of insight or one tip, what would it be? If your pee is dark, drink more water over the next 24 hours. Simple as that. (laughs) And that's a tip we can all follow. Thank you for joining us, Evan. From warding off diseases to the colour of our pee, Evan's work has highlighted the nuanced ways that water consumption can impact our lives. But if anything, it's emphasised how much more there is left to explore. So what about the relationship between hydration and obesity? Listen to our next podcast for a conversation with Professor Richard Johnson, whose research explores the relationship between water consumption and obesity. In the meantime, follow us on Instagram at Hydration for Health and Twitter at H4H Initiative for more on hydration and what it means for you.